0: Well, it's great to be here. Take your Bibles and turn to John, 1 John, chapter 1. Today we're going to talk about walking with Jesus. Now, I know you, you can be seated as we read because we're going to be continually going through. So I know some of you are looking at me and saying, man, five decades in Las Vegas. How can a guy that young, uh, that, that vibrant— Uh, have been in ministry for for five decades. Well, it's really only four and a half decades. And uh, I'm just excited about what God is doing. God has allowed us to see Him work. A lot of people getting saved. God is doing wonderful things. I believe that you and I live in the most exciting day Ever. I think we're, we're, we're looking at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. I think it's wonderful to live in a time where the world is going through trials and the world's saying, what in the world are we going to do? You know why it's exciting? Because you and I have the answers. You and I have the answers. We, have, we live in a time where the world... Uh, listen men don't know that they're men women don't know that they're women we have uh, men who are marrying men and women who are marrying women Uh, there are people who don't know whether they are a man or a woman Uh, they're confused but you and I have the truth can you say amen to that you and I have the answers. We live in a time where the world is hurting, and some in the world want to hurt us. We live in a time where we are feeling, we, we can feel persecution coming our way, and we can sense that it's coming. But understand, in our day, we have the opportunity to reach out. Oftentimes we get hurt. We get hurt by, by, by people who are close to us. You know, you can get hurt by people you never expect to hurt you. I mean, you can, you can have unkind things said to you by, by people that you would never think would say unkind things. My, uh, I was sitting in my living room, just innocently sitting in my living room. My grandchildren, I have 18 grandchildren. About seven or eight of them were in our dining room. I'm sitting in my living room, and I'm just having a... Uh, conversation with my with my daughter and my son-in-law and all of a sudden one of my grandchildren Lincoln comes running up to me and he said to me he said grandpa can I ask you a question I thought I'm going to be able to enlighten my grandchild I said what do you want Lincoln he said I I can ask you a question I said yeah he said how come you're so fat (laughs) I said what he said, how come you're so fat? His mother was getting off the seat. His father was getting off the seat. I said, no, no, I'll take care of this. He said, come here. I said, let me tell you what's gonna happen to you, Lincoln, when you get older. I said, you're gonna get fat. You're gonna get so big, people are gonna look at you and they're gonna say, fatso, so. That's what they're gonna do to you. They're gonna, they're gonna say that. He said, why, Grandpa? I said, because the Bible says. Be not deceived, God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. And because you called me fat, you're gonna get fat and people are gonna call you fat. He said, really? I said, yes. He said, Grandpa, can I ask one other question? I said, what's that? He said, who did you call fat? (laughs) We live in a day where the world is hurting. We live in a day where people are saying unkind things to other people. We have fun in our home, and so we were just enjoying one another. But I want you to understand, in the world that we live, the world's looking for something, and that something is a someone, and that someone lives in you. And I want you to, I want to look this morning at First John, I want to talk to you about, I think the most important thing in the world for you and I as Christians to understand. You and I need to walk with Jesus. The world needs to see people who are walking with God, who know God intimately, who enjoy the presence of God. And I think it's sad today that the world isn't able to see that. And you and I need to get committed to being that person that walks with God so that the world can see Him in us. The Bible says this, that when you got saved, you became a new creature in Christ. 2 Corinthians 5.17, and your are Bible st- uh, college students, so you know it. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. When you got saved, God made you a new creation. But that's, he made you a new creation, not so you could just say, wow, I'm a child of God and looking forward to heaven. Listen, the Bible says that in 2 Corinthians 5.17, but in 2 Corinthians 5.20, he tells you why you were made a new creation. You were made a new creation so that you could be an ambassador for Jesus Christ. Now then, since we're new creations, since when you got saved, the Spirit of God came to live inside of you. When He came, He brought Jesus. When He came, He brought the Father. The Godhead dwells inside of you. You are the representative of God. And He said He's made you a new creation so that you can represent Him. And He wants you to represent Him. But you're not going to do that unless you daily walk with him. This world needs to see believers who are walking with Jesus. In, when we come to 1 John, John is coming to the end of his life. He is, it's, he's, this may have been one of the, well, we know it is one of the last books that he, re- that he, that he wrote. <laughs> he's coming to the end of his life, and he's hearing people say things about Jesus that are just not true. They're talking about Jesus as though he wasn't really fully human, that, that, he was, that he's sort of a spirit being. The Gnostics were saying that, that he, he wasn't always God, and they were teaching things that were not true about him. And John Loving God, loving the Lord Jesus Christ, wants to set things straight. And so he writes this epistle so that people would know who he really is. Let's look at what he says in verse 1. He says, that which was from the beginning. Listen Listen to John's passion. That which was from the beginning. He's talking about the Creator which we have heard, he said, said, I heard him with my ears, which we have seen with our eyes, I saw him, I heard him, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled the word of life. He said, I held him, I saw him, I watched him. He was as real to to me as you are to me. I want you to know he was there. I saw him. I touched him. I, I, I enjoyed him. I know what it was like to be there at the last supper and put my head on his chest. I know what it was like to hear him whisper in my ear. I know what it was like to hear him say, I love you. I know what it was like to watch him on the cross as he suffered in human agony, dying to pay for our sins. I watched him. He, he said to me on the cross, he said on the cross, take care of my mother. He told me that I was now her son. I touched him. I saw him. I know him. Then he says this, for the life was manifest. He, he Declares eternal life, the life of Almighty God was manifest, and we have seen it, and we bear witness and show unto you that eternal life which was in the Father and was manifest unto us. I got to see him. I got to touch him. I got to hold him. But he doesn't end there. This is what he says. I love this verse. And this is for you and for me. He says that which we have seen declare we unto you that you also may have fellowship with us and truly our fellowship is with the father and with his son Jesus Christ. John said, I'm writing this to you because I want you to know what it is to know him. And you can know him. And he can be as real to you as he was to me. And you can touch him. And you can see him. And you can walk with him. And you can experience him. And that's what he wants you to see. And that's why he writes 1 John. He wants you to know that you have eternal life. He wants you to know that life that's in you. And he wants you to experience that life. You can have the walk with God. You can have the walk with Jesus Christ. You can have that. If you choose to, you can have the same walk that he had. Wow. We can fellowship with Almighty God. We can walk with him. But if we walk with him, it takes us determining we want to be with him. Remember... The Bible says Jesus called James and John, and He said, "Follow Me." And they had to make a decision. They had to make a decision. And I want you to know this: every single day, you have a decision to make. Are you going to walk with God? Are you going to follow your flesh? Are you going to walk with Him? Are you going to are you going to are you, you going to fellowship with Him? Are you going to spend time with Almighty God so that He can empower you, so He can walk through you? Or you're going to get busy doing the things you need to do. You know, what? one of the things that grab us away from our walk with God is being heavily involved in ministry. Wait a minute. I'm not talking about walking in ministry. I'm talking about you determining on a day-by-day basis before you try to minister to others. That you allow God to minister to you. I tell people this all the time. There are five things that I do every single morning. Five things I do before I pray. This is what I do. I want you to understand if you're going to walk with God, you have to pray. But before you pray, you need to humble yourself before God. It's interesting. It's interesting. Let Let me just read a couple more verses here. Bible says that which we have seen and heard we declare unto you that you also may have fellowship with us look in verse four it says and these things write we unto you that your joy may be full you can have the fullness of God's joy in your life you can have it all the time you really can if you walk with Jesus here's what's going to happen If you begin to walk with Jesus, the Bible says this then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. Now, isn't that amazing? For He's talking about this glorious walk with God, then all of a sudden he sort of switches gears. And he starts talking about confession of sin. Where does that come in? What, what is that all about? Here's the deal. The closer you walk with God the greater your sin will look. The closer you walk with him, the more you're going to see your sinfulness. (laughs) The fact of the matter is, if we walk in darkness, we can cover up a lot of stains. If I had a stain on this shirt and I stood back in the shadows, you wouldn't see the stain. But if I get closer and closer and closer to the light and I get closer and closer to you, you can see every stain. And you know what? I'll become aware of my own stain. The fact of the matter is when you walk with Jesus, you're going to have, you're going to see your own sin. Do you know, you know this? That there are, there are thousands of people today who can point out everybody else's sin that we can, it's really easy to say, to say, you're a sinner. In fact, look at the guy next to you and say, you need this. You, you're a, you, you, just look at him and say, look at the lady next to you and just say, you're a sinner. Say that, say that. Come on, get with this. Go ahead, just write out loud and look at them and say, you're a sinner. Yeah, it's so easy to say that. Now, say this with me. Say this with me out loud. Say, I am a sinner. Let's say it all together. I am a sinner. Some of you didn't participate. So let's get this all together. Let's get Confession is good for the soul. Let's say it. I am a sinner. The Bible says we're all sinners. You don't get saved unless you come to Jesus and say, I'm a sinner. I deserve to go to hell. You died for me. You were buried, you rose from the dead for me, thank you. And we get saved by admitting that we're a sinner and asking him to give us eternal life. That's how we get saved. Listen, we walk with Christ when we finally get to a point where we say, God, I can't do it myself. I can't be a Christian myself. Somebody said years ago that living the Christian life is not difficult, it's humanly impossible. You cannot be what God wants you to be unless you're walking with Jesus. Now, how do you walk with Jesus? Well, let me give you some, let me give you some key things you ought to do. Number one, if you're gonna walk with Jesus, the very first thing you're gonna to have to do is have fellowship with him. Number one, you need to have fellowship with him. That begins by you spending time. A few minutes ago, I was gonna say, there are five things that I do every morning. Every morning, and I did this this morning, I get down on my face before God put my face to the dirt and I say, Lord Jesus, I recognize that you are the God of gods and king of kings. I recognize that I deserve nothing but hell. You deserve glory and honor and praise. You are the master and I am your servant. The Bible tells us that we're to worship him. Number one, we're to worship him. The word worship does not mean this. Uh, That doesn't mean to sing. We were singing to the Lord and praising him a minute ago. That was wonderful. We sing amazing grace. We praise him. But worship does not mean to praise. The word worship means to fall down before. Remember the, the wise men that came to Jesus and they came and they fell down and they worshiped him? Remember in Nehemiah? When Nehemiah proclaimed the word of God, they fell down and they worshiped him. The Bible tells us that when John saw Jesus on the Isle of Patmos, he fell down and he worshiped him. Falling down before Almighty God says, I recognize you're the master. I recognize that I'm the servant. I recognize who you are. And I want you to understand, we need to do that. You want to walk with the Lord, the first thing you're going to have to do is humble yourself before him. Isn't it interesting? that even the the great revival passage that says if my people which are called by my name will humble themselves the idea is worship him we need to worship him and you need to do that on a daily basis college student listen to me i'm telling you i admonish you today Find a place every day where you can bow down before God. You don't have to stay there for hours, but bow before Him. Do it two or three times a day. Find a place where you're alone and bow before Him. Don't do it in a public place. Somebody will think you're a Muslim bomber. Uh, but, but, But bow before Almighty God. Isn't it a shame? Isn't it a shame that millions and millions of Muslims Uh, Three times a day, bow before a devil and worship him. They've stolen that from Christians who should bow before the true and almighty God. Number two, every day you ought to thank him. Every day you ought to thank him. If you want to fellowship with him, you need to thank him. Thank him for what you have. Thank him for what he's given to you. Thank him for your mom. Thank him for your dad. Thank him that you're meeting inside. Can you say amen to that? It's much better than rain, much better than hot, much better than the winds of Lancaster. It's good to meet inside. If you believe that, say amen. amen. Thank him for that. Thank him. Thank him for what God's given to you. We have so much to be thankful for we live in such an ungrateful nation we complain because this car broker we don't have and what we have man you got to sleep in a bed last night I, I got to bed like 2 30 in the morning but I got to get to bed I got to lay in between sheets I got to hold a pillow I didn't have a rock for a pillow isn't that good pillows are good can you say amen for pillows pillows are good. They're nice. We have so much to be thankful for. Thank him for what he's given you. Number three, praise him every day. You say, what's the difference between thanks and praise? Thanks is this. Thank you for having me. I just want you to know I really appreciate you having me and allowing me to preach to these people to thank you. Thank you. And thank you for the accommodations. And thank you for everything. And thank you, just thanks for being my friend. That's thanks. Praise is this. Man, you look good. Man, look at that tie. Man, where'd you are you just, you are one of the most amazing. And I, I'm, I've, I'm messing around right now. But this guy is one of the most amazing men on the planet. You, you amaze me. Your memory, the fact that you can quote the entire scripture. I told somebody the other day, I said, John, John Getch has memorized the entire Bible and can quote the entire New Testament by heart. I believe that's true. That's an amazing thing. My, I said to him, the same person I was talking to, I said, but he, doesn't, he hasn't memorized one episode of Leave it to Beaver. I, on the other hand, <laughs> with the gift of carnality. I do, uh, anyway, pre, my, my, you're amazing. Praise is different than thanks. Praise is telling somebody how wonderful they are and the only one that really deserves praise is him. Now you say, well, what do we say to him? How do, in fact, I'm, I'm very limited in my vocabulary. I'm, there's not a whole lot that's eloquent about me. And so I I realized that I needed to praise him. I just didn't want to say, praise him, praise him, praise him. I wanted to say how wonderful he is. And I realized this, that I don't have the vocabulary, but God gave us these people called songwriters and musicians, and they've put down on words, in words, in music, things that I just don't come up with myself. So I started singing to the Lord, and you know what? He likes it. I sang to him this morning, Your name is wonderful. Your name is wonderful. Your name is wonderful. Jesus, my Lord, you are the mighty King. Your master of everything. Your name is wonderful. Jesus, my Lord, you're the great shepherd. You're the rock of all ages. Almighty God are you. I wouldn't have thought of those things myself, but when I sing them, I know the words, and I can sing them to him. I bow down before you. I love and adore you. He wants to hear those things from me. Isn't that amazing? And I get to praise him. You ought to every day worship Him, you ought to every day thank Him, and you ought to every day praise Him, sing to Him. He'll like it. Your, your roommate may not, but he, your, he will love it. Then number four, you ought to confess your sin to Him. You're not gonna have fellowship with Jesus unless you're confessing your sin to Him. I'm gonna tell you this. When you start confessing your sin to Him, you're going to stop being critical of everybody else. When you start confessing to him, the Bible says if we say that we have no sin we deceive ourselves. If you think you don't sin, ask your roommate. If you're married, ask your spouse. The fact of the matter is, I had a guy say to me, what, what do I do? How, what should I confess? I can't think of anything to confess. I said, well, I, two things. You can ask Jesus, but number two, just ask the person you live with. Ask them. They'll tell you if they're honest. The fact of the matter is, we have so much to confess, we blow it all the time. And, and God, when God tells us to confess, he's not necessarily telling us that, you know, we confess drinking and smoking and cussing and chewing and because maybe, maybe you don't do any of those things. Maybe you don't have a problem with pornography. But here's what you do have a problem with. You have a problem with a spirit of pride. Here's what the devil does. He'll do this to you. He'll put in you a spirit. You you and I are small potatoes. So the devil himself doesn't attack us, but he has an army of demons. He does. This is called spiritual warfare. And so what he does is your roommate or somebody on campus does something, and man, they they lead five people to Christ. And instead of rejoicing, that demon that's assigned to you says, oh, that guy's always getting pumped up. And he puts, he, there's a, a spirit, an actual demon of division that whispers to, your, to, to in your head, he's not so big a deal. Somebody gets praised and, and, and there's a demon that says, hey, he doesn't deserve that. There are, there are spirits of division. There are spirits of contention. There are spirits of dissatisfaction. There are spirits of doubt. And they are in your life. And they're telling you, listen, they're telling you that that other Christian is your enemy. Look, let let me tell you this. When you got saved, you were born again into the family of God. You have family members all over this world. This is so exciting. You have family members all over this world. There are millions of us and jesus told us we're to pray for one another he said when you pray pray our father that includes all of our brothers and sisters even the ones that don't agree with us even the people that do strange things listen to strange music do weird things we have listen we are part of the family of god and in our family just like in your family we have some strange relatives you understand that can you say amen to that some of you are the strange relatives the fact of the matter is we have uh, we're in this family now, they're not members. God not only established the family of God, he established local churches. And so we can weed out some of those strange family members and say, go over there and go over there. And we, can, we have our own little local churches. And, and that's a totally different message. But the, the fact is, look, when you got saved... You became part of this great family. And Jesus said, when we pray, we're not just supposed to be criticizing our brothers and sisters. This is what we're to do. We're to go to our Father who is in heaven, and we're to say, let your name be holy in my life. Let your kingdom come in my life. Let your kingdom come not just in my life, but in your family. Let your king listen, what if if every Christian really prayed this, not just repeating what we call the Lord's Prayer, but really prayed what Jesus told us to pray. Lord, let your, let, let your holy name be manifest in all of your children. Let your kingdom come through all of your children. Let your will be done through all of your children in this earth just like it's in heaven. Think about that. Think about the family of God raising up in this country. The family of God raising up because you prayed. Father, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done in earth just like it's done in heaven. And then he says, he doesn't say, pray, give me this day. He said, pray, give us, all of us, all of my brothers and sisters in Christ, give us today our daily bread. Give us everything we need to advance your kingdom, to let your holy name be manifest. Let your your kingdom come. If we didn't have a spirit of competition, if we didn't have a spirit of criticism, Lord, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done in in earth, just like it's done in heaven. Give us everything we need, all of us, this day. Give us our daily bread, and then forgive us our sins as we forgive those that sin against us. Oh, man, God can't work in somebody's heart that's not forgiving. In fact, in Matthew chapter 18, you check this out, because I don't got time for this. But you check out Matthew chapter 18. In Matthew chapter 18, Jesus, he's a pretty good authority, said if you have an unforgiving spirit towards your brother, your sister, that God the Father will turn you over to tormentors. (laughs) Read it. He says, listen, he'll turn you, the Father will turn, Jesus said the Father will turn you over to tormentors. If you have an unforgiving spirit, you're not going to have the blessing of God. So he says, pray, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Let that be true of your entire family. Then he says, pray, lead us not into trials. We are in the midst of a world that is filled with trials, but you and I can pray every day, lead us not into trials. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those that sin against us. Lead us not into trials. And then he said, pray. Deliver us from satanic attack. Not just me, but all of my brothers and sisters, my roommate whose feet smell, and my, 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 my roommate who doesn't clean up, my, my roommate, Father, forgive, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation. Deliver us from satanic attack. Oh, if we would stop fighting with our brothers and sisters and we would start praying for our brothers and sisters. Man, God could use us. God could do a wonderful, miraculous work through us. Number one, we need to thank him every day. Number two, we need to praise him every day. Number, Or we need to worship him and thank him and praise him. We need to confess our sin, not everybody else's. We need to confess our sin to him. And then number, number five, you need to tell Jesus you love him every single day. He said, does God want to hear I love you? Oh, he wants to hear I love you. You Remember Peter denied Jesus three times? Denied Peter three times. You treat me bad one time and I'll write you off. I don't need you. Treat me bad twice. And I'm thinking, why was I crazy enough to forgive him? the first? Treat me bad three times. I don't even want to see your face again. I'll read your obituary. I don't care. Jesus, Peter's denied him three times. In in the most trying time of the life of Jesus, Peter said, no, I don't know him, and he cursed. And Jesus said, one of the next times he saw him, he said, Peter, I have a question for you. Why in the world did you deny me? Why did you do that? He didn't do that. He said this. What's your name? Isaiah. He said, Peter, I want to ask you one thing. Do you love me? Why in the world would he care if Peter loved him? Why in the world would he care if Dave Tice says, I love you? I wouldn't care, but he does. And if he wants to hear me say, I love you, then every day I'm going to say to Jesus, I love you, Lord Jesus. God, I want you to know that I'm selfish and self-centered in my love, and you know it, you know that I love you only because you first loved me. I don't even have the ability to love you, but I want you to know that I love you. Look, I love you, Lord Jesus. I love you, Heavenly Father. I love you, Holy Spirit, and I don't know how to, but I pray you'll control me so that I might love you more. Look, I'm telling you this. John was excited about, about Jesus. John wanted everybody to know about Jesus. John said, I want your joy to be full. You've got to have, number one, first fellowship with him, which means you daily, you have to. And by the way, if you don't do this now, while you're in college, you will be the pastor five years from now, ten years from now, who's out of the ministry because you're not walking with Jesus. But if you'll learn... To get alone with Jesus every day and say, I want to have fellowship with you. I, I don't know how to do this. And just be honest with God. Pour your heart out to God and say, Lord, I just I want to bow before you. I want to tell you thank you. Thank you for what you've given to me. I want to praise you. I want to tell you how wonderful you are. I'm singing to you. I want to confess that, that I have all this spirit of competition and demonic things going on. I'm selfish and I'm self-centered. I have to confess that every day. I am so selfish and self-centered. When I come home, I want my wife to say, Honey, come, let me minister to you. When I come home, I want my children to say, Father, come, come, come. You take the remote. You're in control. I want that because I'm selfish and self-centered. I have to say, God, I confess to you my selfishness. I confess to you my self-centeredness. And Father, I want you to know, That I love you because you first loved me. Fellowship with him. And then the Bible says we can pray. And Jesus, I just went through that. Jesus tells us what we can pray. God wants us to do that. When you do that, the Bible says you'll have fellowship with him. And then you'll declare his message. John says this in this passage. He says you'll fellowship with him. He says you'll declare his message in verse 3. He says you'll have joy in verse 4. He says that you'll, 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 um, uh, you'll confess your sin in, in verse 6. He tells us that you'll, for, you'll forgive others because you've been forgiven in chapter 2 and verse 1. And then he tells us this. You'll be pure. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 3, he says, they that have this hope. He's, I love this. He says, beloved, now... Are we the sons of God? Not only do we get to fellowship with God, but we get to fellowship with him as children. Beloved, now we are the children of God, and it does not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, because we're going to see him as he is. And he that hath this hope within him purifieth himself, even as he is pure. Look, The world's looking for someone. And they don't know it's Jesus. But you need to walk with Jesus because when you walk with Jesus, when you're walking with Jesus, others will see Jesus in you and they'll be drawn to Jesus in you. And that's the answer for the world's problems. You know the truth of the matter is, you are here on this planet to represent god and god and as you are doing what god wants you to do he will keep you pure and you'll be able to represent him but listen if you don't walk with him you're not going to have fellowship you're not going to have joy your purity will not be there and you'll be out of the ministry i want to tell you this I've, i've done this for 44 years i've been involved in. Fundamental Baptist ministry. And Pastor Getch, Brother Getch, you've, been, you've seen it. People that were going, they were on fire, but they burned out. They messed up morally. They messed up financially. Why? Here's why. Listen, here's why. They didn't walk with Jesus. It's the most important thing you can do. When you're walking with Jesus, you know what happens? You stay away from sin. See, you just can't walk with Jesus and say, hey, Jesus, I'm about to go over here and look at some porn. You just can't walk with Jesus and say, hey, I'm just going to go cuss this person out. You just can't walk with Jesus because everything you do is affected by the person you're walking with. Be like John. John said, look, you can have fellowship with him. Fellowship with Jesus. Be what Jesus wants you to be.